Welcome to The Outfall, where we share the backstories about our water world. This is Robert. In this episode, we continue a story originating deep under the streets of Charleston from our first season. So let's jump back first into that episode. Back in October of 2018, a major rain event occurred that dislodged a 12-foot-long, 3-foot-wide mass of whites. And it weighed hundreds of pounds, and it moved through our deep tunnel to a pump station at our wastewater treatment plant. And that big clump basically laid across the bottom of the wet well and blocked about 75% of the pump openings. And that caused our 13-story deep structure to rapidly fill with wastewater until sewer overflows began. This was Mike Saya from Charleston Water System, who described the damage wipes were causing to their collection system and how the nasty pictures of these wipes went viral across the world. At the end of the day, the story didn't really have a happy ending. We got the word out around the world and we haven't seen a bit of difference anywhere. This was not the end of the story. Hope was on the horizon, but it was not in the shape of an educational campaign against wipes. It was in the form of a good old fashioned lawsuit. Today, we share how Charleston Water System filed a lawsuit against seven manufacturers and retailers of white products. This is a David versus Goliath story. First, let's meet Paul, one of the lawyers for Charleston Water System. My name is Paul Calamita. I'm the chairman at Aqualaw. We are a specialty municipal utility a law firm working in the water, sewer, uh, wastewater, stormwater areas. We came to this lawsuit because we've represented the Charleston water system for 25 years. And over the years, they've had significant impacts from uh, supposedly flushable white products in several instances, which have almost completely uh, shut down their uh, major wastewater treatment plant in Charleston, South Carolina. And in three or four instances, they've actually had to send divers down into a sewage wet well 90 feet deep to clear uh, wipe blockages that are the size of several large human beings uh, to make sure that the plant can continue to operate. And so after, after enduring that uh, for years, uh, the chairman of their board is an attorney, and he decided that we needed to take matters in our own hands. And so he authorized filing a lawsuit against seven manufacturers and retailers of uh, white products. And six of the seven are in the Fortune 50. The seventh is Kimberly Clark. They're number 158 on the Fortune 500 list. So no small task taking on the wipes industry, uh, but Charleston decided to do so. Before we get into how Charleston was gonna go after the companies that for 10 years have avoided countless litigation attempts, Let's learn a little bit about the history of these wipes and why the Kimberly Clark's flushable wipes use brilliant technology. Yes, brilliant. You heard it correctly. Flushable wipes probably weren't an invention 12 or 14 years ago. Hardly anybody used them. And then every year, the, the, um, the, the usage has expanded. And with COVID, it exploded. And so this is a significant product for Procter & Gamble and and uh, Kimberly Clark and other manufacturers. And it's a significant, you know, just just walk to a uh, go into any supermarket, 
any CVS, Walgreens, Costco, uh, Walmart, go in and look at the wipe section and you'll see that it's a big section with a lot of different products. And so, yeah, this is a big deal for these companies. And the sewer systems, you know, it's a huge deal for the sewer systems. 20 years ago, nobody was worried about wipes related blockages. And now pretty much every every sewer utility in the country every day is having to deal with, you know, either pump stations, uh, you know, the, the screens are blinded or they've got some kind of blockage uh, somewhere. And the Kimberly Clark product is brilliant, uh, if, if you'll bear with me a second, because what they did was they took a they took a piece of Cottonelle toilet paper. So it's actually toilet paper. And they put a layer on either side. They put a resin, I, I believe it's a resin layer on either side. And they put it in the wipes package. And that wipes package is kept at about 2% saline. And as long as the solution in that package is 2% saline or greater, the resin layer, uh, the wafer layer doesn't break down. But once you use the wipe, so it's strong enough to use for our purposes, when you drop it into the toilet, it now all of a sudden it's in an environment that's less than 2% saline, and that causes the resin outside to break down. And what we're left with is a piece of Cottonelle toilet paper, which is perfectly safe for the sewer systems. It's, it's a brilliant technology. Other wipes manufacturers rely on agitation to uh, break down their wipes. And that's where we feel they've run into trouble in our sewer systems. This was not gonna be an easy case. Paul and Charleston Water System were climbing a mountain without an established trail. How were they going to win when so many had fallen off the side of the mountain? Concerns were everywhere. Concern number one was there's been 10 years of litigation against these companies and nobody has won a dime. So that's, that's concern number one. Concern number two was we took this matter on a contingency basis, which means we only get paid if we win. So nobody's won in 10 years uh, and we're taking this matter on a contingency. And the reason for that was it needed to be brought. Uh, you know, our practice, we have a municipal practice across the country, and whether we make a dime off the case or lose our shirts, it needed to happen. And Charleston, because of the international press they got over the divers having to go down into their wastewater treatment plant uh, wet well, we felt they were a particularly good utility. It was a kind of a big international splash with some great visuals, a picture's worth a thousand words. So concerns were, yes, biggest companies in the country, nobody's beaten them yet, not, not gonna get paid unless we win. And, and by the way, you know, challenges, no international standard, you know, the standard that came out was developed by the International Water Services Flushability Group, which is just kind of an ad hoc coalition of uh, several countries, the National Association of Clean Water Agencies here in the United States. And so we really didn't have a definitive uh, standard. Plus, there are a whole bunch of defenses that the manufacturers had, including the traceability issue. You know, you, Paul, you can't show me my wipe and your client's blockage. And so the way we tried to get around that was uh, by doing lab testing, uh, setting up a toilet, 
some plumbing. You want to make sure the, the wipe will pass through the, the toilet and the sewer line. And then you subject it to uh, some testing, some slosh box testing. And what we found was that the Cottonelle product did really, really well. And everybody else did really, really poorly. Um, and so the way we got around not being able to pull one of their wipes out of the out of the mass of clog that we found in the sewer is to say, hey, we don't have to. If 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 it doesn't pass this lab test, if it doesn't dissolve in the lab, well, what you you now tell us the burden shifts. You tell us why it should dissolve in the sewer. And so knock on wood, we think that is going to get us past the motions to dismiss that the remaining defendants um, have filed. And in fact, are filing their reply briefs today on the motion uh, to dismiss our amended complaint. On October 4th, 2021, the Federal District Court in Charleston, South Carolina, issued an order granting preliminary approval to a proposed class action settlement between the plaintiff, Charleston Water System, and the defendant, Kimberly Clark, addressing flushable and non-flushable white products. It was a win, but what was in this settlement and what does this mean? Let's find out a little bit more about this from Paul. The settlement that we've reached with Kimberly Clark uh, does two things. One, it takes a national, uh, really an international municipal flushability standard or test. And it, it requires that Kimberly Clark's flushable products, their Cottonelle flushable wipes, pass that test by May 1 of 2022. Now, Kimberly Clark has, uh, quite frankly, we think they're already, they, they've already improved the performance of their wipes enough so that it re- their wipes readily pass that standard. We do not believe Kimberly Clark, Cottonelle flushable wipes cause any problems in anybody's sewer system. We love the product. The other part of the settlement is requiring labeling uh, improvements. And specifically, we require a do not flush statement and then a logo, you know, showing a toilet with somebody putting a wipe in it with a, you know, red circle and a line through it. On the front panel of the package, uh, not camouflaged, plus on two other panels of the um, the individual package. There's been some wipes labeling legislation around the country, Oregon, Washington, California, Illinois. Our settlement um, is very consistent with, with that legislation, the legislative uh, template from those four states. It goes a little further. It, it does require uh, the additional side panel uh, labeling as well. So we're, we're trying to attack it from both sides. We're trying to improve the, f- the, the flushability of these products at the same time, better labeling the non-flushable ones. And the last thing I'll say is um, as to the standard that's been developed, it's a very tough standard. And we have to be careful because if we make the, the test for a flushable wipe too stringent, it won't be suitable for the consumer's purpose. And if the flushable wipe is not suitable, they're going to turn to the non-flushable baby wipe type wipes and likely uh, continue to flush those despite the labeling. So we're we're really trying to walk a fine line here between making sure a flushable wipe is safe for sewer systems, but also suitable for the consumer's purpose. 
Now that Kimberly Clark has settled, they're about 50%. They produce about 50% of the wipes in the United States. And so that really was a huge uh, lift for us because the remaining defendants have told the court the wipe te technology is not possible, uh, you know, a number of different things. And, and once Kimberly Clark said we'll meet it, it, it takes the air out of many of the uh, defendants' uh, rationales for why they shouldn't have to produce a better product or better label their non-flushable wipes. Kimberly Clark makes all of their Cottonelle flushable wipes at their Beach Island facility in South Carolina. So it's really a win-win, you know, leading nationally, quite frankly, internationally leading technology on a, on a really popular consumer product coming out of South Carolina. And so it was, you know, it was appropriate, I thought, that, that the lawsuit was brought there and that they settle there uh, to lead the industry uh, to a more responsible consumer product. Well, we think it's a fantastic outcome for the, the sewer utilities around the country, for Kimberly Clark for consumers as well, because they'll get better education about their products. And quite frankly, they pay a premium for the flushable product and it should perform. It should not only perform for them, but it should be safe for their household plumbing and the sewer systems that they fund. Uh, so that's number one. Number two, we do think um, there's at least one other manufacturer who has told us that they, they now can meet uh, the flushability standard. And so that's really good news. We think uh, it's the, the settlement with Kimberly Clark has had exactly the effect we hope, which would push the others to make a, a better flushable product. And there are another defendant or two we're actively discussing settlement with. Um, uh, so that's all good. There are a couple defendants, though, who may not be able to make, they may not have the technology to pass this test. And so they simply may have to stop making so-called flushable wipes. And we hate for, you know, that wasn't the intention of the lawsuit. We'd like a lot of competition. We'd like the best technology for flushable wipes out there. But the reality is like some of these wipes hardly disintegrate at all. And that really should not be labeled a flushable wipe. And if they can't find a way to, to improve the product, then maybe it is best for all concerned that they not produce that product and leave it to the other companies who, who can. When you walk down the aisle at the grocery store, I promise you'll not look at flushable wipes the same way. Check out the show notes for pictures of what a slush box looks like. I know you really want to know what that looks like. Well, we've got it. Check out the show notes and check out the show notes for more information. Big high five for Paul for joining us and breaking down the settlement with us. Great job. Thanks again for listening to The Outfall. If you enjoy our podcast, please help us. Subscribe on your favorite podcast player and do one thing. Just share this podcast episode with a friend. We'll see you next time. 